Hi, and welcome to the Essential Tennis Podcast, your place for free, expert tennis instruction that can truly help you improve your game. Hello, tennis family. Thank you for joining me here on episode number 253 of the Essential Tennis Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about mental tennis lies. These are lies that we tell ourselves, lies that we hear from other players, maybe even other coaches, and they're not necessarily uh, ideas or phrases or concepts that people are telling us because they want to deceive us, but a lot of what we're going to talk about just people assume is true, and these falsehoods keep us from being able to develop into the tennis players that we possibly could. So this is a really, really critical topic for your improvement. And not just for tennis, but overall life development as well. This is just one of those things that has such strong carryover between tennis and the rest of life. And those are, for me personally, my, my favorite topics to talk about. So today's question comes to us. I'm sorry, I, there's a little bit of a mix-up here, I think, in copying over the question. Uh, this question is either from Mike or Aman. I'm not sure, I'm not sure who. Uh, I'm going to go uh, with Aman, uh, but it could, also, it could possibly be Mike. If it, Mike, I apologize if this was your question. Uh, this uh, listener wrote in and said, How can you stay calm when an opponent has match points? I always get tense and nervous when my opponent has a match point. So how can we fix that? Aman wants to know. Well, Aman, you're not broken. There's nothing to fix. It's actually great that you're nervous. If you weren't nervous at all when your opponent has match point, then quite frankly, it just wouldn't matter that much to you. If you didn't, the only reason why you wouldn't feel anything at all as far as uh, physical or biological response is if it didn't make any difference to you who won or lost. Uh, and you're not a robot. You're, you're a human being and you've invested time, you've invested money, you've invested effort into this game called tennis. And so, of course, it's, it's important to you. And it could be that your girlfriend or your wife is watching, or it could be that your teammates are watching. It could be that uh, the, this club match comes down to your court. And so you want to win this match. And so, of course, you're going to have those responses. And it's great that you feel nervous. It shows that it matters to you. And so you're the type of person that I want listening uh, to my, my podcast. So let's talk about three different lies or falsehoods that we tell ourselves, that we hear about mental toughness when it comes to tennis. Lie number one is good tennis players don't get nervous. I just find it so revealing that Aman asks, how do you stay calm? He's asking, how do, I, how do I keep from getting tense and nervous? How do I keep that from happening? Well, I've got a quote here, and I, I could choose from you know, any number of quotes from top-level, elite, professional tennis players, some of the greatest players of all time. This just happened to be one of the first ones and most, uh, I guess, best-described examples that I came across right away. This is a quote from Stan Wawrinka, He's describing here, this is after the match, 
uh, was completed. Uh, the, the 2016 U.S. Open men's final. Here's a, this is a quote from Stan's press conference after the match. He said, before the final, I was really nervous, like never before. I was shaking in the locker room. When we started talking five minutes before the match, uh, the last few things with Magnus, his coach, I started to cry. I was completely shaking. But the only thing I was convinced of with myself was that my game was there. Physically, I was there. My game was there. Just put the fight on the courts and you will have a chance to win, he says. So, and this is the tricky thing. As a spectator, you know, if you, if you watched the 2016 U.S. Open final, Stan won this match against Novak Djokovic, the number one player in the world at that time. And Stan, I mean, listen, I, how old is he? He's got to be probably 27, 28. Is he older than that? He's late 20s, at least, I think. So this is somebody who's tennis has been his entire life, and performing at his best has been his entire life. It's, it's his profession. This is what he does for a living. And at this point, coming into this match, Stan had already won two Grand Slams. I mean, he's won at every level of tennis in the world, including the very top level of tennis in the world. And this is his reaction coming into this coming into this match really pretty incredible he says i was shaking he was crying uh like never before he said this is how nervous he felt now i'm gonna go out on a limb here a little bit and say probably nobody who's listening to my voice has experienced this kind of nervousness on the courts and it's because you know we're, we're playing for different stakes obviously you know millions of people saw that match for us in you know uh, our average you know tennis playing when I say I don't I don't mean that in a negative way but just uh, I guess open and, and frank and I include myself in this you know our, our average levels of play the stakes are not nearly as high and so of course we're not going to have that aggressive of a response but the point is the best tennis players in the world get nervous and they don't just get nervous they get physically ill before matches routinely the best players in the world so this is just one example but there's lots and lots of them from all of the very best players in the world some uh, are more open about talking about this than others and i think that has a lot to do with it a lot of players don't want to admit that they have these feelings stan happens to be very vulnerable about this and i you know personally i appreciate that very much i think most players would like to would like spectators to believe that they don't have these kinds of feelings these kinds of responses but the fact of the matter is we all do all of us and this brings me to lie number 2 if you get nervous then you aren't mentally tough if you have anxiety, then you must not be mentally tough. If you get tight, either physically or mentally or emotionally, then you must not be mentally tough. There must be something wrong with you if you do get nervous. And that couldn't be further from the truth. What I just described about Vavrinka, and there's lots of other examples out there from players admitting that they have these kinds of uh, even extreme you know, responses to going out and playing the biggest matches of their lives, they're universal human experiences. <laughs> this just makes you human. And, and as I mentioned at the, at the outset of this episode, it means that you care. It's important to you. 
the biggest mental difference between most of us and those on TV is not whether or not we feel those feelings of anxious anxiousness or nervousness or tightness, but rather, how do we respond to those feelings? This is probably the most critical thing I'm going to say in this episode. <clears throat> the biggest mental difference between us, most of us, and most of those on TV is not whether or not we feel those tight, nervous, anxious feelings, but rather how we respond to them. You have two main choices when those feelings come up, and they will come up, no matter how, quote, mentally tough you are, you will have those feelings. Response number one is to say, oh no, I'm getting nervous. Oh no, I'm getting tight. Oh no, I'm, I'm getting anxious. And then immediately shift po- your focus to either the past or the future. This is how most players respond to having those nervous feelings. They immediately start occupying their mind with, uh, let's give an example of the past. Maybe the last time you were in this situation and you immediately start obsessing over an example of a match that you blew last week or last month or last year. And the, and the uh, cycle of thought suddenly becomes very negative and uh, you worry about repeating whatever that embarrassing result was. Other players their vice is to think about the future. And they have the same oh no response when they get nervous, but instead they, they start thinking ahead and they say, what, what if I lose to this player? Or even, what, holy cow, what if I beat this player? Even a positive mental picture or thought can derail us if we start focusing on anything other than the present moment and what we need to do to perform right now. So we have the choice between oh no in those big moments a match point, Amon was talking about, whatever it is, set point, break point, championship point, you know, whatever. We can, we can either say, oh no, when we have that uh, chemical response, or we can say, oh yeah, now, now it's go time. This is what it's all about. And have a stronghold on the present instead of being focused on the past or the future. And th- just three different practical ways that you can have a strong hold on the, pres- on the present. Appreciate the moment. Just realize that few people, few humans get to experience this. Few humans put themselves out there athletically, physically, in a, in a game, a sport like tennis, where they get to go out and experience competition. They get to experience that struggle. I don't care if you're a 2.5 player, a total beginner, or a 5.0 player, or you're, you're Stan Wawrinka. Most humans sit on the sideline and watch as spectators. Few put themselves out there in the ring, as it were. So appreciate th- that moment. Appreciate that you get to experience that. I mean, that's, that's a, a real thing. It's something that you should really relish. And love that experience. Love being in that moment. And relish the challenge. These are the the things that for me, the more I focus on these things, the more that nervousness and anxiety starts to actually become a positive experience. And it's all about your matter of, I'm sorry, it's all about your perception. It's a matter of your perspective on that moment. It's a matter of your perspective on those feelings and those emotional and even visceral responses. How do you respond? That is the question. It's not whether or not 
you get anxious or you get nervous or you get tight. It's how you respond to that moment in time. And for me, the more I appreciate it and I relish it, the better I perform. Because the less I, I worry that there's something wrong with me that I'm feeling those things. All right, so that was lie number two. If you get nervous, then you aren't mentally tough. That's false. Lie number three that we tell ourselves, falsehood number three is, you either have mental toughness or you don't. That is also false. Mental toughness is much more nurture than it is nature, meaning you're not born a mentally tough person or a mentally tough tennis player, or you're just doomed to always shrink when it really counts. You're doomed to, to always perform poorly uh, when the going gets tough. You can develop this ability. And just like we can develop our physical muscle through training, through repetition, through challenge, that's how, we, that's how we build physical muscle is we break down what we currently have and then it comes back stronger. It builds resilience when we go to the gym and we lift weights or we run on the treadmill or whatever your uh, personal favorite way of working out is. This is how we get in better shape. We challenge ourselves physically, our body adapts and then comes back stronger than before. So at first, Lifting weights, you know, 20 pounds on a particular lift might feel heavy at first, but several months later of work and repetition, it might feel completely light, like there's no challenge at all. Now you're lifting 40 pounds. It's the same concept with our mental muscle. Our mental muscle needs to be worked out as well. And the kind of the catch-22 of it is, if you if you view that resistance, not resistance, I'm sorry, uh, resistance is more of the physical, you know, muscular way of looking at it, the challenge of it. If you view that, that challenge, when you, when you feel those feelings of anxiety or tension or nervousness, if you view that as already you've failed, then you'll always avoid it. Or you'll just view, view yourself as a perpetual failure when it comes to dealing with those situations. As soon as you flip that switch and you realize that it's not only a failure, but it's a good thing, now you give yourself the freedom to be able to be able to adapt and build resiliency and build that mental muscle. It doesn't happen on accident. Uh, it's not an automatic thing that you're born with. It must be developed on purpose. So hopefully this third one especially is encouraging to you and it gives you gives you some hope and it gives you some inspiration to go out and put yourselves as frequently as possible in situations where something is on the line. Put, put yourself in situations, whether on the tennis court or otherwise, as frequently as possible in situations where there's, you're a little unsure about it. That's a good thing and gives you the ability uh, to, in those situations next time, be that much more strong and resilient and be able to let go and enjoy the moment that much more next time. So in review, lie number one is that good tennis players don't get nervous. That is false. Lie number two, if you get nervous, then you aren't mentally tough. Also false. And lie number three, you either have mental t toughness or you don't. You can absolutely develop it.
If you'd like more in-depth coaching on this, I strongly recommend that you go to mentaltennismastery.com. That's mentaltennismastery.com. You can get a free training series there with a good friend of mine named Ed Sang. Uh, He's taught me a lot when when it comes to this area of performance. And I know that series will be helpful for you if this is something that you want to explore further a little bit more deeply and get a little bit more specific feedback on how we can do our best when it really matters the most. For more free game-improving instruction, be sure to check out EssentialTennis.com where you'll find hundreds of video, audio, and written lessons. Also, be sure to subscribe to Essential Tennis on iTunes and YouTube where we are the number one resource in the world providing passionate instruction for passionate tennis players. Thank you so much for listening today. Take care and good luck with your tennis.